everybody, welcome back to Savage with Silas. Today is episode five, or part two of the interview that I did with Danny a couple weeks ago. We talked about international beauty standards here in South Korea compared to the United States. As well as lots of problems that come when we're part of the plus size community. If you like this channel, please like and subscribe down below. And as always, I will see you next week. Good. But like, yeah, when I first came here and this, even when I first started going to my current gym, I noticed that all of the women in the gym were really only doing cardio and nothing's <laughs> wrong with cardio. Cardio is great. But having cardio as our only like primary focus is really unbalanced as, as a fitness routine. I didn't realize this at the time. This is before I was a trainer. But uh yeah, now that I've been there for a while, I now I do more weight training than I used to, but I'm starting to see more and more ladies like picking up kettlebells and doing squats and stuff. And I've noticed that the booty, the booty's getting popular in Korea. And I am about it because I like butts. <laughs> and I have one. <laughs> Same to both of those. Yes. <laughs> we kind of we got to highlight the the our, our attributes. Our attributes. Hey. hey. <laughs> that needs to be the name of a show. <laughs> but I don't know. It's and it's interesting cuz like I I think even though beauty standards are changing in Korea, I've noticed them following like a delayed pattern of American beauty standards. Yes. Yeah. Oh, which is an interesting thing. And I don't know if it's a I don't know how I feel about it. Like, what do you think? Do you think it's like a good, is it good or bad? I don't know how to phrase this question exactly, but. Um, if we can, oh, this is. <laughs> We're in spicy territory now. Things, things are spicy. And I've, mm -hmm. I've been learning a lot lately, mm -hmm. to be honest, about like the body, body positivity movement mm -hmm. and where that comes from and not only that but mm -hmm. the social and cultural and even racial mm -hmm. aspects of it oh um, i never thought about it in that way so i saw a tiktok the other day and it was talking about things that are cultural appropriation mm. And one of the things that it listed, and this threw me off, and I honestly had no idea, but thankfully I had a, I talked with some, with some friends and they were able to walk me through it and explain it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. Um, but the thing that they mentioned in there was big butts. Oh. The concept of big butts is mm -hmm. cultural appropriation. And I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around that for a minute. Okay. And what I, finally learned and i and i realize this now is in america this is mm -hmm. not a korean thing but in america having a big butt was always something that was you know relegated to black women this was assumed that mm -hmm. you know big butts are associated with black women and there was this negativity about it mm. and there was a certain especially from you know white racial issues like how can I say this? It was so frustrating mm. when I learned about it. I was like, what the hell? Um, mm. It wasn't considered a thing of beauty mm. outside of like the black community. And then we get oh, like 
you know, people would be shamed for having that, or like it was overly sexualized all the time. And then we get into the era of the Kardashians where suddenly having a big butt mm. is a thing of gra- glamour. It's a thing of privilege. And mm. suddenly that's no longer the thing that is shamed in, in society, but it's something that's appreciated. And now everybody's going and getting that Brazilian butt lift and paying all this money to look like this demographic of people. And when mm. I saw that, I was just like, this makes sense. This is frustrating. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, like, hmm. give credit where credit's due. <laughs> That's true. I've, I've never thought about that. But as you were talking, I was thinking about that song um, that was really famous when we were kids. Like, I like big butts. <laughs> and I cannot lie. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, when we were kids, you know, we were talking about Paris Hilton a moment ago. When we were children, that was not considered beautiful at all. So I think you're right. I never thought about it that way. Think about the opening lines to that song. Oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. It's so big. She must be one of those rap guys, girlfriends. I never thought about it. That's really unfortunate. I mean, wow. It was the first Karen. (laughs) <laughs> I think the first Karen was like Marie Antoinette. <laughs> she was Fair. just the worst. But really, like, I don't know. It's it's really strange how many times, I guess strange is the wrong word. It's really unfortunate and terrible how mm-hmm. many times in history that's really happened. Where oh, people yeah. are like, oh, rock and roll music is amazing. Look at the Beatles. Don't get me wrong. I love the Beatles. They did not originate rock music that did not come from Mm. them it did not come from white boys right and then now you know also love you eminem he's not the he is not a rap god as much as we would all like to be like oh yeah eminem rap god none of those things were originated from people who ultimately benefit from them Right. And so it's interesting now that so many companies are benefiting from like the squeegee butt leggings. You know, I have a pair. I have a pair of squeegee butt leggings. It's like they go up the butt. Are those the one that have like the ruching in the butt crack? Yes. Not going to lie. I kind of want to try them. They're pretty great. <laughs> I mean, like I have to, I got to be honest. I already, ha- I'm, I don't know. I got genetically blessed for my time. When I was a kid, I hated it. But now that I'm older and it's like in fashion, girl, I got, I got some ass. And like, I love those leggings because it goes, okay, you have this like nice thing. We're just gonna put some gold spray paint on it. Like that's how it feels to wear those leggings. So it just like, it takes something and like really just highlights it. Mm-hmm. But like most of those people who, who own these companies definitely don't come from the original demographic. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and so, like, going from all of history that, that specific parts of cultural identities have been taken and profited from, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It just never ends, does it? No. Every time it, we think, it's like, okay, we're getting a little bit better. We're getting a little bit less terrible toward humans something else happens. (laughs) And now let's bring those big butts to Korea. Yeah. What's going to happen? I am curious, actually. 
I'm a little curious. Well, and what's interesting about Korean culture too is that I've noticed the the stuff that becomes popularized here is often like rap music, hip hop fashion. It's not Basketball usually culture. like like you know, I don't see people like walking around in cowboy boots is what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> um you know, and it's even frustrating going back to the U.S. Um, mm. There, there are a ton of companies that have cropped up, you know, in the last, you know, twenty years or so that are more mm. targeted towards plus size bodies or even having a wider range of sizes. Mm. Um, like I used to work at a clothing store called Maurice's, mm. and I always loved their mission because they had they had the full spectrum of sizes and that Good. you know this was back in you know mid 2000s high school college era mm. um for me 87 yay um <laughs> but like i i appreciated their mission because they they had mm. all the sizes and then that was groundbreaking at the time mm. that was really before lane bryant or torrid or anything like that had any right. footing in the market mm. and at least on the west coast i'm from oregon small town you know i could be wrong for other places mm. um but you know it always was nice to be able to shop somewhere that mm. had my size mm -hmm. and i didn't have to fight for it and the weird part is i wasn't even that big when i was in america mm. i was like 14 16 mm. and it was still hard to find clothes right granted this was you know 16 years ago mm. when all of this is happening but Paris Hilton <laughs> that, that whole can that whole era just rest in peace can we Sorry, leave Paris it there um, <laughs> leave it sure. in the past let's grow as people um, but it's it's nice to know that those resources were there at the time and now there are more you know frequently established mm. other companies and stores for that but let's see in 2019, I went back to America. Mm. I went to Southern California to visit my family. Mm. Um, and I went shopping at a store that I had assumed was going to have my sizes and things like that at like a 16, 18. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm bigger than I used to be, but really not by much. Mm. And it was so frustrating to walk into a store. I had, I had glamorized this whole trip because I was gonna go shopping. I was gonna be confident, I was gonna look mm. good, I was gonna buy all the things, I'd save my money for like six months so I could go on this trip. Mm. I couldn't find anything. Oh my gosh. Like, not even like underwear, which is the worst thing to shop for in the entire world. I very much agree. <sighs> it's hard to know. Yeah. And they they make them like this big. This is gonna like cover my fupa. What am I gonna do with that? Or it's gonna have like, an elastic band that's this big and say, we're gonna fit a size 16. And I'm like, you're gonna fit a size 16's ankle, <laughs> not my butt. Um, but honestly, the game changer, I went to Target. Mm -hmm. Like I was not anticipating Target to have clothes that were right. phenomenal and props. I loved it. I was, oh, I was so happy. Dude, Target's great. I spent a month's rent on clothes in Target. <laughs> <laughs> But you know you what? You I still do. I still wear those like two years later mm -hmm. and I rock them and I love them and I feel great when I wear them. Good. But like, can I please get that here? Please? Seriously. Please. 
Target would make a killing here. If they could figure out how to get into this market, Target would make a killing. I would be blessed. But also, like, capitalism, can we not? But at the same time, Fair enough, actually. Is, uh, capitalist can't. enterprise. Hmm? A capitalist enterprise. Capitalism is the worst. It's effective, but it's the worst. Agreed. It's only temporarily effective. <laughs> Good. What time is it? Twelve thirty. Okay, I think we're okay. We have plenty of time. <sighs> I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good. No, we're all just like overwhelmed with the the depression of knowing that capitalism is a thing. <laughs> we rely on it for our own well being, our own like mental health, but at the same time, mm. it's destroying our mental health. Right. It's like the ultimate catch twenty two. I feel that way about so many things in life because like beauty standards, access to food, um, health insurance, these kinds of things. Like health insurance, for example, just super quick, is supposed to like really protect us, but it refuses to acknowledge preventive medicine Mm. as a general rule. It goes, okay, you have a heart attack, we'll help take care of you. But all of the 50 whatever years that you lived before that, we're not gonna help you prevent anything. We're not gonna help you have information that will help you prevent the heart disease it's just really it's really silly Mm -hmm. so it's like something that like it's a good thing but there's so many limits to its goodness Mm -hmm. and that's that's how i feel about capitalism because it's just like the most effective system we have for now but there's also like a big uh, how can i say it's like a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> it it kind of feels like I'm waiting to open the door and the paint's going to spill on my head. Like that's how capitalism feels to me. Like I'm just waiting for the paint bucket to tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, with the rise of with the rise of fast fashion, there's problems with it economically. There's problems with it ecologically, mm-hmm. and there's even problems with us being able to buy it. Right, in terms of just size. So it's like we have this giant company who's making all of this stuff that like no one can buy. It's just a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. But also like as a shopper and having that money to spend, I recognize that that is a huge privilege. It is. Because, nice. <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, the tragedies of like the factory collapses in like Bangladesh mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that those companies are recognizing that they need to take better care of their employees right um i hope so as well because it's a terrible time mm -hmm. um (sighs) but like i for the last two years i have been on okay rephrase since i came back from america i had been on a buy nothing Mm. buy nothing new kit oh good um and this started before corona and honestly i think that that made it a lot easier to get through corona without buying a bunch of new stuff that i didn't need um, oh, that's so, lucky timing. Yeah, I know, right? Good. I have, so I've only been buying clothes uh, that have been sold secondhand um, mm. through people I know within like the plus size community or through like the, you know, Facebook groups for our area. Mm. So trying to not contribute more money to those, you know, billion dollar companies, mm. but to, you know, keep the money within the economy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everything I'm wearing today, except for you know socks and stuff, 
It's all been either thrifted through like clothing swap events mm. or bought secondhand from another expat. Nice. Um, that's amazing. So, and that's something I think that this community has really benefited from over the last mm -hmm. few years is reducing our, you know, waste by, mm. you know, constantly buying the new things and then shoving them into those green bins of horror. Mm. Um, yes, the green bins are a recycling company that mm. actually sells uh, donated goods for profit in developing countries. Yeah. I don't support it. Do with it what you will. Yeah. But um, they claim that it's they claim that it's like um, charity. Yeah, that that's a great way to put it because they're like, oh, well, look, you're you're donating to the poor. But then they go to impoverished countries and they go money, please. And then that money comes back to Korea and it doesn't stay in the local economy. Another thing I hate. Super um. frustrating. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yeah. I would say be wary of the green bin. Yeah. <laughs> Do with that what you will. Um, what was I saying? Oh. Um, Recycled goods? Like, um, yeah, reusing items that would otherwise go into a dumpster fire of fake charity, <laughs> I think is, is really beneficial, not, yes. not just for the economy, but for us too, yeah. as people. Because, I mean, it's so easy in, in this country in particular, because chain stores are everywhere. I mean, if I want to go to H&M or Zara, it's like 20 minutes on a bus, and then I can go and blow all my money. And I mean, sometimes that's nice to do, yeah. but... Zara is not a Korean company. Zara is not going to benefit me in any way. Sorry, Zara. Love you, Zara. Give me money, Zara. But also being able to help other people who are struggling with these issues of finding clothes that actually fit. Mm -hmm. That's nightmarishly difficult here at times. And yeah, being able to support people through what can be really difficult and a really emotionally, mentally, physically challenging situation. Like, I think there's a lot of positives there as well, for sure. There's like a mental toll. It just made me think there's like this, this mental toll. And I'm kind of curious what you, what you think about this. Cause for me, for a long time, I was like hyper aware of my appearance in a way that I never was when I lived in the States. Like, I mean, in America, I was, oh, a little bit aware of myself, but I didn't really have, I don't know, I didn't feel bad. I didn't have any like negative feelings about my appearance. But once I came to Korea, I was working in this office with Korean women. And I remember one day I was eating my bibimbap, which is like rice with spicy sauce and all these vegetables. If you ever come to Korea, it's super delicious. A plus would recommend. Mm. Cheap, fast, fairly nutritious. So I would eat it every day because it was so easy and I had like seven minutes of free time. So I was, I was eating my bibimbap one day and uh, this, this lady that I work with, totally well-meaning, was like, you've, you've eaten bibimbap a lot this week. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, don't, don't you know that's, that's gonna make you fatter? fatter mm. she chose fatter she was like 
and it wouldn't have been any better if she was like, that's going to make you fat. I would have been like, great. I don't really care, but she <laughs> chose fatter. And mm -hmm. I, that was, I had a really powerfully negative response to that. I don't remember, I don't think I said anything to her just because like, thank God for- Saving face. <laughs> like, yeah, trying to just cover my ass. But I remember that day being like, oh, I guess I just don't look like what people are used to. Mm -hmm. And I remember going home and just like weeping. I was just so upset, it really upset me. And I like I remember just being like, what, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with you? Why would you say that? And it's just the culture here. They think they're being nice. And just for the record, Korean people are dope. Like I don't want to, I you know, I don't mean this in any particularly insulting way. We come from different backgrounds. For a Korean person, they genuinely feel that they are being caring mm. because they're like, oh, I'm trying to like help you to succeed, right? That's their idea of success yeah. is looking a certain way. So she thought she was being really nice, right? And my response was like, oh my God, <laughs> like what have I done? Mm. And there, there is very much, or at least there has been for me, this emotional and mental like taxing thing. It's really taxing to be mm -hmm. part of that culture sometimes because I'm just not used to people commenting on my appearance in that way mm -hmm. and very normal here so I'm, I'm kind of curious about you know the experiences that you've had here in, in Korea um I feel like I have been quite fortunate here compared to some people mm. um, I'm fairly proportionate mm. and so I'm very I'm tall I'm for Korean standards five nine Mm. I'm, you know, not overly big chested, not overly big butt. My stomach is mm. fairly, you know, proportionate with my body. Mm. But I think the the biggest issue for me when, when meeting Koreans is especially mm. when it comes to dating. Oh, um, dating. Women, like colleagues and coworkers, they usually have good intentions and they're always like mm. looking out for you, especially the older ones. They're always going to be like, oh, you know, like, make sure you, you know, mm. eat a little less rice today. You know, <laughs> here's some more vegetables. Have mine. Gosh. And, you know, sitting in my middle school where I was working, you know, mm. eating my vegetables at lunch. Oh, here, have some more vegetables. You don't need that rice. Like, yeah. Very different worlds. Um, very different <laughs> worlds. You get mothered a lot. A lot. It's true, yeah. A lot. But it's, you know, I can understand that it's good intention, but at the same time, it's just like, Ugh, a little bit. Um, Our cultural response is a lot like, different. Yes, um, and my this is a bad habit to to break because mm. initially my instinct was to go on the defensive. Mm. Me as well. And these days, I'm more like I know that this person does not want to hurt me. Right. I know that this person wants to help me, or mm. you know advise me in some way that they think is is best mm -hmm. you know i give people advice all the time when they ask me questions yeah i true. i oftentimes feel like i have to preface it with in my humble opinion <laughs> but like you can throw this into the dumpster if you wish yeah however <laughs> i'm <one>. wise <laughs> um and I, I say this a lot like i'm mm -hmm. i'm not in any way an expert 
I am not in any way a professional in this regard. Mm. However, this is my experience and this is how I have felt, reacted and responded and grown from this. Mm. And I think that's something that a lot of people, especially those who are new to Korea, mm. haven't quite caught on to yet. Yeah, there's a there's a learning curve for sure. Because uh-huh. it's, I mean, I get it. When she was like fatter, my I wanted to be like, what? How dare you say that to me? Like, and it, launch into <laughs> a tirade, right? Pull a Karen, right? So, like, I, you know, I, I understand, yeah. but also, like, I, 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 having been here a long time, definitely get where you're going with it, because, mm-hmm. yeah, people, they really do mean well. That's mm-hmm. that's the very interesting thing is that not that I think it's necessarily the nicest or best way to be caring. But nobody has like ill intentions. They're not trying to make us feel bad. Mm. That's their their intentionality is very different. If a, if an American person said that to me, I would feel like f you. Like how dare you do that to me? But <laughs> a Korean person, it's very much like they're tr- they're looking out. They're trying to help. They're trying to help, right? And they're not trying to be butts about it. Mm-hmm. But. Yes, I yeah, I had the same issue of just feeling really defensive, like that knee-jerk reaction. And I think it's that, you know, especially for the majority of people who are Korean who have never lived overseas, don't realize that our response would be that negative because it's totally normal here. Right. Where like in their family, they try to take care of their family by like monitoring their food. Literally, it's an introduction in like the older population of Korea to say, have you eaten? Mm -hmm. That's how you say hello. They very much care about food. Um, And And Korean (laughs) food culture here is Mm. such a massive part of the culture and the Mm. community like whether it be your family or not like Mm. you know which is you know everyone within your company goes out for dinner you eat because it's on the company's tab you (laughs) eat like crazy you drink (laughs) like crazy and everyone has like a good time on the company's card because Mm. you know this is this is something that they do to build a stronger work culture. Food culture in Korea is really big. They really care about what you're eating, when you eat it. It's it's a form of bonding. Mm-hmm. They even have an expression in Korea for like going to the second place. So you start out somewhere, you eat the the real meal, you drink like a little bit, and then they call it ita, which is literally second place. So you just go, you go, ah, oh, ita, ita, and that's like your way of being like, let's drink and eat more Mm -hmm. so there's a huge culture and if you hang out with people who like icha you'll end up at three cha and four cha and nine cha and you'll go home at five o'clock in the morning Mm pre-corona because and you will just eat the whole night Mm -hmm. and it's amazing and my digestive system absolutely hates it Mm. (laughs) yep so the one of the other big challenges as a plus-size woman in korea is Mm -hmm dating and Mm. not taking things too personally whether it's from a date or from not a date Mm. um so many times you know you meet up with somebody whether it's like introduced through a friend or an app or someone you just meet randomly whatever Mm. 
several times I have been given the, oh, you would look so much prettier if you were smaller. I'm sure that I would. I'm sure that I'm also really hot right now. Yeah. Um, I would also litter that with expletives because, you know, I, I kind of like me as a person and it's taken me a long way to get here. So I don't actually want to take any further steps to get to know you because I worked on me for a long time and sounds like you need to go work on yourself. Mm. So <laughs> oh, this is work. why I'm single <laughs> because I don't have patience or time for your nonsense. Um, well said. I had a similar experience. Yeah. He told me um, you would look prettier if you dress differently. Oh. And I was like, oh, I really like this dress. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I ran away from that guy on the subway. Very mature of me, but I don't regret it. Um, <laughs> one of my, one of my shortest dates in Korea. Shortest or like shortest? Shortest. Uh, um, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, being tall in Korea, it's, it's hard to date taller than me. Yeah. Oftentimes, like these days, there are more and more people who are taller than me, but, mm. um, it's, it's not a thing for me, but I feel like the shorter men in particular, disqualify themselves really quickly because um. they have a complex and they're like, oh, you're taller than me. Please don't wear high heels. I love my heels. Right. Goodbye. Right. Or there's the whole white horse culture. Oh, God. Have I you? forgot about it. Yes. Of course. <laughs> so just some, I think probably most of the people listening to this probably know, but I'm getting married very soon. So I haven't been like in the marketplace for a while and I have just forgotten how terrible it is. Yes. So to explain <laughs> white horse culture is uh, disgusting. Um <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like I feel like I'm like treading over a mine right now. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um <laughs> some Korean men want to specifically have sex with a white woman so they can check off the box and say they've ridden the white horse. So going back to that, my shortest date was walking into a cafe and this guy goes, ah, Bekma. Like, oh. ah, white horse. And I literally looked at him. He thought I didn't speak Korean. And I was just like, no. And I walked out the door. <gasps> he was so excited to completely miss that fly ball. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm so sorry and also not even surprised. No. I'm not no. even shocked. It's like there's an expression in Korean that I really like that's like yokshi. <laughs> it's just like I should have expected this based on previous behavior. <laughs> like <laughs> that's really the only way that I can translate yokshi. Yeah. And like sometimes Korean men do something like that and I think to myself, oh, yokshi. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, I don't know. And just for the right, like my fiance, soon to be husband, is a Korean man. So they're not all terrible. There's some pretty great ones out there. Mm -hmm. But man, a bunch of them are just dumpster fire human beings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that right there is another reason why I don't put my value and my confidence on other people. Mm. Oof, well said. That's on me. That. I need to get that tattooed on myself. Yeah, like that's just that's an A plus quote right there. It took me a very long time to get there. Me too. Yeah, having so much 
value invested in how other people perceive us is like a surefire way to cause really immense destruction of self-esteem mm. right and it's it's really hard to build um self-worth from other people and yet you know and it yet makes that's sense. What, that's we the default yeah and that is that is a habit that i think most of us need to work on breaking most and definitely. it's it's not like a band-aid you can rip it off and it's done it is a constant band-aid that is slowly being peeled off yeah and there's like hairs in the glue Oh, and I'm allergic to the adhesive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it's honestly just, what it feels like. <laughs> Constantly. It's like, I definitely think that's true because, you know, I, I definitely still have complexes of self-comparison mm-hmm. where I will be doing really well for a while where I'm not really comparing myself to others. I'm not thinking about how other people respond to me. Right. But um, then something will, will trigger that response. And... I think what's been very helpful for me and, you know, I know from our previous conversations for you as well, just knowing where the root of that comes from. Why do Mm -hmm. I care so much about this other thing? You know, because I've noticed for me that my my like lack of feeling confident about myself and my self-comparison is related, you know, to my relationship with my mom. And I suspect Mm. for a lot of people, it probably is that way. Oh yeah. That we, you know, and it's not because our parents were like terrible people. We just learn things when we're kids and then we never readdress them. So I'm using a tool that I gained when I was like seven to nine years old to get my mom's attention, but I'm using it as a 30 year old. And it's kind of silly, but it makes sense. The human brain is an efficiency machine, Mm. right? So if we know where this tendency to like compare ourselves to other people, where we want to get, you know, this, this affection and this acceptance from others, if we know where it comes from, it's easier to like endure the band-aid allergy hair ripping pain (laughs) of undoing, of undoing our Mm self-hatred. It's like, it's a slow burn, man. It's a really slow burn. It's a real slow burn, but at the same time, and it's, I think for a lot of us, it's not something that just happened one time throughout our life. It's like there's a constant introduction of new obstacles and stimuli that are just constantly making us having to, like, we constantly have to Mm reevaluate how we perceive ourselves, how we see ourselves within society, how we see ourselves in photos especially now that like social media is such a huge part of our life like it just permeates everything Mm. and and i think that you know growth in terms of confidence and especially like body confidence Mm. it's 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 not just a switch switch on switch off like i have my good days i have my bad days i have Mm -hmm. my bad years i have my good years Mm -hmm. um good year tire Money, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have to tell the story mm. really quick because you just mentioned mm. tires. Oh, we should actually. This is the spice, the spice of life. I, Popcorn and tires. <laughs> this is how it started. Popcorn I can and smell, tires. And when you said that, I could like smell it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Olfactory senses, man. Those are crazy. Okay, so completely derailing that that last little bit, I have to interject and tell the story of how me and Silas have the smallest of small world experiences Mm. 
Because we worked together. Mm-hmm. Same school. Like, I interviewed her. I hired her at our school. And the funny part is, like, we're from the same, like, Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. area. We never met, never crossed paths. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of forests there to, to block us from one another. <laughs> Mountain ranges, rivers, everything. It's true. Our dads worked together in the 80s. They did. At the same random tire company called Les Schwab. Money, please. (laughs) (laughs) And if you guys have ever been to Les Schwab, you know the popcorn. And the smells. They are famous for popcorn because they give it for free. You can come into like any waiting area and there's popcorn there that you can have. And I think they have like coffee machines now. Fancy. They didn't have them when I was a kid. But... um, yeah, it's funny because if you walk into Les Schwab, there is a distinct smell, and it's popcorn and oil. Yes. <laughs> it's disgusting. But I love it, though. <laughs> I know. It, like, to me, it brings me back to childhood. I'm just like, Dad! You know, like, when I thought of that experience, I was like, I gotta call my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to my pops. Yeah, it's just, it's weird because they work together at the same shop. They don't really remember each other, but it's been 30 years. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. I don't remember anybody from, like, my elementary school. I mean, that was before both of us. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, that's actually a really good point. I don't remember people from literally high school. (laughs) (laughs) So if somebody was like, I went to high school with you, unless I had a significant number of interactions, I don't remember them. Yeah. So I can't really blame our dads for being like, I don't know, it sounds familiar. But the years overlap. We've discussed this a lot. They overlap perfectly. And it's not a big company. There's only like 15 people there. It's weird. (laughs) It's really weird. And then we end up working together in Korea. It's true. We work at the same school in Korea. We both had like the same kind of dog. Like the the little Newfie. Yeah. Yeah, I really think... I really think yeah, dating is hard here no matter no matter our appearance, but the appearance makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. So like being a foreigner dating with Korean people, whether it's, you know, a Korean girl or, or regardless of their gender, there's already that cultural disconnect. Like mm-hmm. like the lady who thought she was being nice by commenting on the bibimbap. That's gonna happen if you're with a Korean person. Unless Mm. they have lived in America and they know American culture, they're gonna comment on what you're eating, right? So like, that can cause some difficulties where they're like, oh, are you sure that you want another one? That's a sensitive thing for me. Mm. I don't like people monitoring my food. And it took a really long time for me to realize I'm probably gonna get that question from every Korean I date. And it's not because they necessarily care about my appearance. Like, they care about my digestion. So like Mm -hmm. Sanu and I had this conversation. I wanted to order another beer. And his response was like, oh, like, are you sure you want another one? And I almost flew off the handle and I really like this guy, right? So I was like, I'd kind of brandy like he knows me really well so he was like I'm like we can order another one I was just really worried because I know you get bloated and I was like oh okay I got you all right yeah no no other beer and so that's already difficult 
But then going into a situation where people see us as this trivial checklist item is frustrating or that they need to change our clothes or mm -hmm. that they need to force us to look or act a certain way, that that can be really, 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 really hard. We could add a few more reallys to that, yeah. Really X100, yes. like it's, it's frustrating. And it's, it can be really difficult to find someone who just doesn't care, but cares, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like oh, they yeah. don't care about the appearance, but they care about the well-being. Right. That's hard, man. And I think that right there, caring about the appearance and caring about the well-being, those mm. are two things that often get jumbled. Yeah. Um, just like in your in your beer and bloating situation, I yes. do think that some people are are well intentioned with the well being. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are conditioned and socialized to mm. connect well being with appearance. That is absolutely true. And you know, like in the plus size plus size communities, we see that with like mm. the health at any size. Um, mm. movement, which there are certain things that I agree with and disagree with, but mm. that's that's a whole book in and of itself, so we're not mm. going to get too deep in that. But um, too many people assume that like if your body isn't within the cookie cutter of standards of beauty, mm. therefore you are unhealthy. Right. And you I, must be like limited in your well-being because mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, whatever. Right. Mm. Like. For example, recently I had lost a friend to cancer. I had a family member diagnosed with brain cancer and my immediate response was to go to my doctor and get everything checked up. Mm. So I go to the doctor and she does all of these tests and everything. And the first thing that she really says, I ask her first, am I healthy? Yes. Straight answer, yes. Is there anything wrong with me currently? No. Is there anything I need to watch out for? Like impeding doom? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, cool. Now we can continue with this, with this discussion before you like make me panic about something else because mm. there is always something else. And can you guess what it's related to? Well, I already know because we've talked about it. But My weight, yes. It's miserable to, um, to realize that that's, yep, I'm healthy. Yes, there's not a problem. Yep, everything's good. Lose weight. Yes. Like it's, a, um, it, yes. So <laughs> it doesn't correlate for me. Yes. Like I have, you know, I have healthy cardio systems. Mm -hmm. I have a mostly healthy digestive system, just allergies and stuff like that but she is like an obesity specialist. But the biggest struggle is that every time I go there, mm. you need to lose weight. Here is a pill I wanna sell you. You need to lose weight. Here is a box diet that I'm gonna sell you for $200. Right. You need to lose weight. Here is this thing that I'm going to do. Mm. Um, you you need to take these pills and do this injectable. And da -da 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 -da. Yikes. And that is from a medical professional, licensed medical professional. Right. I'll hear it from her. Mm -hmm. I won't hear it from strangers. Right. I won't hear it from, you know, all the plastic surgery advertisements that are constantly blowing up my social media, mm. that are plastered on the side of a bus, mm. that are, you know, literally in the subway stations on every pillar, everywhere. 
Like it's, like it's and the worst part is it's not as bad now as it used to be. Weird. You know, things things have changed over the years and and I do appreciate that, but at the same time like medical mm. tourism is an all-time all high, but mm. not for actual medicine, it's for plastic surgery. Mm. You know, it may change to be more open to different body types, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Sure. Yeah, it's hard to know like what's going to happen. I feel it's not really that it's unpredictable. It's more that knowing what people will actually be interested in is is hard because mm -hmm. there's just so many factors that in influence it. Some of it's media, some of it's generalized advertising, some mm -hmm. of it is the friggin' Instagram algorithm. Mm -hmm. Like, so as much as like Instagram wants to pretend that it's super in charge of what becomes viral, Instagram's just really good at seeing when something's about to be viral, but they can't actually predict what it is. Mm -hmm. So that same thing I think applies to our culture is like what's going to become viral. You know, Lizzo is amazing she like came out of left freaking field it seemed right i mean i know she's been in the industry for a million years but like all of a sudden like it seemed like overnight lizzo dominated right and that's amazing i know it's not true she works really hard she's a hard-working lady but who could have sat down and predicted that lizzo would be like a number one chart selling topper internet famous badass bitch like I very few people I think like five years ago would have been like yes this is the person that's famous in five years no way so if more of those things become on trend I I think eventually there is hope you know that mm -hmm. we can live in a world where people can just be comfortable in our bodies mm -hmm. and if doctors can see categorically yes i'm healthy i'm not at higher risk for anything the only potential risk factor that i have is my weight don't i get to decide what i do with my body mm. right and if i do decide that i want to lose weight then i can do that but having someone like pressure us into doing it isn't really a great motivator to start with anyway because mm. think about mm. think about you know, kids in school, mm -hmm. do they respond better to negative punishment or do they respond better to, you know, positive incentives? Right. It's the you same. Know? And we're still using, like we were talking about before, we are still using skills we learned when we were children to navigate our adult life. Hmm. So when doctors are just like, well, you should do the thing. It's like, that's not, I'm like the kid that's just like, like just scribbling as fast as I can, like refusing to listen. I'm the exact same. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's hard to get it's hard to get motivated externally if there's not some kind of reward for it, and that doesn't make us bad people. That's just mm -hmm. like how the human how humanity works. So like, you mean you don't want to have that beach body stylus? <laughs> you don't have to, you know, starve yourself all winter and spring long so you can get that beach body. <laughs> if, I, if I got a beach body, I would become the lobster because I would die in the sun. I'm you sure. are actually whiter than me. <laughs> I am a very pale hoe. I really need to go and tan. I'm jealous of all the tan skin. It's uh, like, I'll get tan someday. 
Well, there's sun outside. <laughs> Spray on tan. <laughs> Honestly, maybe that's my best choice because at this point, I don't know. Yeah, if I have a beach body, it'll be a lobster body for sure. <laughs> or crab. I get pretty crabby sometimes. Same. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this has been a really entertaining, <laughs> interesting. We did talk about some sad stuff, but I think, I don't know. I think we did an okay job of like scapegoating into joy at the end. <laughs> but yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Both show. Any old time. If you guys have questions for us, please drop those in the comments down below. If you like this content, please like and subscribe so I can make some more for you in the future. I don't know why I'm doing finger guns, but I'm going to keep pew, doing pew, it. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest Thanks, guys, for coming to today's episode of Savage with Silas. Next time, I'll be talking to Miguel, a military trainer in the Army, and it will be a pretty interesting episode, I think. I'll see you all next time. Stay savage, my dudes.